Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr. Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. When Four Dimensions is active in a school and embedded in teaching practice, what we're looking at and what we're referring to is teachers who have awareness of how their interactions change the environment and how their choices, their decision-making in the way they interact with students will create the teaching and learning environment that they're looking for. So Four Dimensions is about building a common language, an awareness of practice, And it's all based on the interactions. Now, all three of these concepts align very well with the term or the phrase collective efficacy. Collective efficacy is not a new term. It's been around since, well, Bandura. Bandura talked about collective efficacy in neighborhoods and how we create or we decide, and again, it comes back to our decision making, we decide how our actions impact on the larger community and what it is that we want that community to look like. John Hattie has recently talked about and published on collective efficacy in schools, as have many other authors. And what we need to look at in a school environment is first, what do we want our culture to look like? What do we want that belief in our school system to be reflected of? What values drive our decision-making? And how do we move towards everybody being a part of that journey. So when we do four dimensions and we embed four dimensions, the framework within a school, what it is for those of you that haven't heard or if you're just tuning in for the first time, I did my research a couple of years ago now and what I looked at were what are the differences between teachers. I had teachers who said they loved their teaching, felt they had minimal disruption in their classroom and the data supported that statement that they made. Those teachers gave statements that were around positive affect, so feelings of happiness, joy, success, achievement in what they were doing in their work, as opposed to other teachers who had negative affect and in their statements, what was similar, the teachers who referred to high disruption, high frustration in their classroom management, in their students, in their relationships within the school, they demonstrated a consistent message of very high amber interactions with students and much less green interactions with students. Now, when we talk amber interactions, these are interactions that are redirecting behaviours and with follow-through. Now, follow-through is highly important in any framework for behaviour management, but when we focus on behaviour management in creating our collective efficacy for a school, what we do is we train our teachers on how to manage disruption. Now, to manage disruption, it requires disruption. So the actual thing we're trying to eliminate, we're training teachers in. So what we develop is almost the opposite of the collective efficacy we are looking for in a school environment, and we create a collective looking and a collective awareness of how to manage disruption. And so teachers become highly in tuned with the students who are off task and often have interactions that don't just return a student to work because many teachers use less intrusive interactions or methods. But in doing so, these students, one, 
either only have interactions with teachers that are balanced and in response to inappropriate behaviour. And when the balance for a student, so if I'm a student in your classroom and most of your interactions with me are about behaviour rather than curriculum, why would I shift my behaviour if I am getting those interactions, be it a need for attention seeking, for academic support, whatever the purpose is, if I access my teacher through doing the wrong thing, why would I shift to showing and demonstrating learning behaviours? So if we want to develop a collective efficacy that reflects a learning culture, and it is truly what we want as a teacher, as a school, within our departments, and it doesn't matter whether we are independent, state, Catholic, Christian, it does not matter what departments we're talking of. Most departments that I work with or I start working with still train teachers predominantly in how to respond or how to react to disruption in the classroom. We don't then give them equally, and this is the teachers I'm now talking about, we don't then give them equally skills and knowledge in how the interactions they choose influence and form the space in which they're teaching. So if we want a collective efficacy, if we want a culture of learning as our go-to in our schools, the teachers who in my research were already modelling this were the ones that had approximately 80% of their interactions were based in curriculum and appropriate behaviour conversations. What that means is with the students who are off task, can you find the moment or equally find as many moments that they are doing the work as when you need to redirect them back to the work? Nowhere does my work say we do not require skills and knowledge in how to manage disruptive behaviours because students are humans and humans are naughty. It's that simple. Humans break rules. We wouldn't need police if we didn't break rules. Human nature is to push the boundary and to go beyond what it is we think we should or what the rules say we can do. As teachers, we have chosen a profession where we put 30, 25, some classes up to 60 of those little humans altogether, and yes, even in year 12, they are still little humans with very little frontal lobe processing. And then when you look at the physiology and you look at the psychology behind decision-making, for many students, particularly the younger they are, this is truer, we actually use more emotive physiological processes to make immediate decisions than we do rational. So if we are setting up an environment that is reactive, our students will respond to that reactive nature. Our students, be it they want academic support, emotional support, whether they're just seeking attention. If we set up a pathway of interaction that shows when you talk while I'm speaking, when you disrupt, when you throw paper airplanes, if you gain my attention as a teacher much more quickly, then that is the pathway we have established on how students will interact with us. Collective efficacy is about building a culture that we want in our school where everyone is a part of that and it starts with a common language. So the common language with four dimensions, if you want a learning culture, is how do you spend 80% of your interactions with students choosing a green footprint first? Stepping in with what I want to see, that is the establishing expectations. And past frameworks have always said we need to establish expectations. Here's what they haven't said. The teachers who had high frequency of revisiting those, and in 4D we call that soft summer rain, They are the ones that created the opportunities to interact with all students much more frequently around appropriate behaviours and learning conversations. So four dimensions is about decision making. It is about the interactions that we choose with our students to create the learning environment. Now we are human as well. So this does not eliminate the frustration that we may feel as a teacher 
with students we need to ask five or six times to initiate, begin or return to the learning. However, our choice is the words we use, the narrative we choose, will determine the environment in which we teach. So in a school, if we want all staff to be creating this culture of learning, we need to provide as leadership and as leaders within our school the knowledge and skills that shows the skills teachers have nothing wrong with them. The balance and the way in which they use them is what often creates a culture of behaviour management rather than a culture of learning conversations. So food for thought, and I hope it elicits some discourse within your staff rooms. Have a look, get in contact with us and have a look at how we create a culture of learning and we increase collective efficacy in schools through schools that have embedded the 4D framework as part of staff wellbeing, effective teaching teams and that expert teaching team. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.